Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus, and transform Hoxton. Good morning, everyone. My name's Morag, and I am a lay minister here at St. John's. And I'd like to take this opportunity again to welcome you all to the service here, those of you who are here in person and those of you who are listening online. Um, As we heard earlier on, this is the time in the church calendar when we remember those who have died and departed and are now resting with Jesus. It's a reminder for us to consider the nature of death and to think about how as Christians we can face our own death. Justin Welby wrote, death is the greatest and most devastating liar. The lie that the final breath is the end. There is nothing more. The lie that we will always be separated from those we have loved, ultimately losing those we love forever. Of course, death matters. It's brutal, it's terrible, and it's cruel. But it lies if it claims to be the final word. Death is not the end. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I just pray that you will speak through me today. I pray that I will speak with clarity and will convey your message to all those who are listening. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, death is a taboo subject in our society. We don't like to talk about death, any death, and especially we don't like to talk and think about our death. It's said that the Victorians were obsessed with death. They talked about it all the time, they thought about it a lot, and sex was taboo in their society. Whereas today, it's almost the reverse, isn't it? We live in a society that's obsessed with sex, and death is a taboo subject. We don't like to think about death. Why is that? Now, it might be because we are living longer, many childhood diseases have been eradicated or uh, vaccinated against, Um, and until very recently, with the advent of COVID-19, death was not very visible in our society. It was hidden away. Now, I am talking here about Europe and uh, Great Britain because I do know that in a lot of the developing countries, death is very, very visible and that children are still dying in great numbers and people don't live as long. Therefore, people come into contact with death a lot more frequently than we do here in, in our society. Death is scary and it's messy, and it does frighten us, because we're not really quite sure what happens at the end. But as Christians, we know that death is not the end, so we should not be frightened of death. It's not final. C.S. Lewis wrote, death is mysterious. It's a real experience that ushers one into new relationships and into a new space. Lewis conveys that it is only in death that we have hope that the pain and the suffering of this world is transitory. Now the passage that Larry read read to us from John 11 is a story about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was a brother to Mary and Martha and they were all friends of Jesus. Jesus knew them all well. So when Lazarus became sick, uh, the sister sent the message to Jesus um, asking him to come because they had faith that he would be able to heal Lazarus. But Jesus didn't come straight away. He delayed, he delayed his departure. 
And in fact, he didn't really arrive back until Lazarus had been dead for four days. And in fact, Lazarus was already in his grave because when Jesus raised him, they had to take away the, uh, the stone from the entrance um, of, his, of his tomb. Now, why did Jesus do that? Uh, did he let them down? Did he let Mary and, and, and Martha down by not coming straight away? Did he let Lazarus down? No, he didn't, it, because it was really important for everyone to see that Lazarus had actually died, that there was no doubt about it, that he was dead. He hadn't just fallen into a coma and then became well when, when, when Jesus arrived. He was actually dead and in his grave. And Jesus showed everybody that he had the power to resurrect him, to lift him up uh, from the dead. We need to remember that at this time, um, the Jews were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for somebody who was going to be coming to free them, to free them from the power the Romans had over them. So the teachings of the scribes and in Talmudic tradition at the time held that there would be specific signs that would herald the coming of the Messiah. Signs like uh, giving sight to the blind, healing people with leprosy, making the lame walk, and now this very specific sign that had not been done before, raising somebody from the dead. Jesus was demonstrating that he had power over death. He could raise somebody from the dead. He said, Jesus said to Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they, they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. He was stating very clearly here that he had power over life and death. And he was pointing clearly to the fact that he was the Messiah. He was the person that they were waiting for. Now Christianity offers life. It offers us eternal life. It offers us life to the full. And I'm going to explore in a moment what eternal life uh, means. Uh, Christians look at death not as a termination of life, but as a gateway to life. For the Bible promises life through death, and it promises life on no other terms. Paul describes Christian people in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, sorry, verse 13, as those who have been brought from death to life. Now I want to look at life through death in terms of salvation and discipleship. And I'm really basing my talk on the writings of John Stott in The Radical uh, Disciple. So first of all, let's, let's see death and life in relation to salvation. Throughout the Bible, sin and death are coupled together. They're, they're talked about as a pair. Um, sin is obviously the offense and penalty is the just, uh, sorry, death is a just penalty. But if we were to die for our own sins, then that would be the end of us. There could be no life that way. So God came to us in the form of Jesus Christ. He took our place, he bore our sin, and he died our death. We had sinned, we deserved to die, but we didn't die. He took our sins and he died on the cross in our place. He had no sins of his own for which he needed to die, but he died for ours. And because of his death and resurrection, we are saved. Salvation is ours. And we have life eternal because Jesus died on the cross and rose again. 
Paul wrote in Romans 6, verse 23, that God's gift is life eternal. And John explained in 1 John 15, 12, that those who have the Son have life. And then in John 17, 3, John writes, the distinctive feature of this life is not eternity, but its quality. Eternal life is a life lived in fellowship with God. And I'm going to talk about this in a lot more detail in, in the next part of my talk. So salvation is ours, but the death and resurrection of Jesus is meaningless unless we claim the benefits from it. Now, how do we do that? We do that inwardly through faith and outwardly by baptism. And in, and in doing that, we become united with Christ in his death and his resurrection. We have died and risen with him. And Paul writes in Galatians chapter two, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. For the life that I now live in the body, I live by the faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Therefore, we as Christians must count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We, we can't pretend that we're immune to sin because we're not. We're all sinners. Sin is still a very, unfortunately, active part of our life. But we realize and remember the fact that being one with Christ, the benefit of his death have become ours. We are alive to God through his death and salvation is ours. Now I want to look at life through death in terms of discipleship. In Mark chapter eight, verses 34 to 35, Jesus says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Discipleship and death are inextricably linked. Without death, there is no discipleship. If we're following Jesus, there's only one place that we can be going, the place of death. Jesus says in Luke 9, 23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. And again in Luke 14, verse 27, Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And Matthew 10, verses 37 to 39 read, anyone who loves their father and their mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Now, in these verses, Jesus is laying out very clearly the cost of discipleship. That anyone who loves, who loves family, in the case of the first verse that we heard, more than him is not worthy of being his disciple. Now, families are important, but in the time of Jesus, they were even more important because in, as being part of a family lay the person's security. They had financial security by being part of a family. If anybody was fall, fell on hard times, the family would step in and they would not be destitute. Family also gave them a sense of community. 
where they found their identity. So being part of a family encompasses all that person's security. And Jesus is asking them to cut all ties with their family, to put to death the relationship with their family in order to follow him. He instructs them to renounce all that they have for Christ's sake. Now we're called to do the same. As we walk with Jesus, in discipleship with Jesus, we're called to renounce and to put to death all the things that hinder our discipleship with Jesus, all the things that have a negative impact. Now, it might be family, it might be friends, it might be things that we read, it might be things that we do, but we're all called to put these aspects to death. Now, it's not easy. It's not easy. Discipleship is not an easy thing because we all do things that we know are not good and we all do things, well, I certainly do, that don't, doesn't all, don't always honor God. And I know that I shouldn't be doing these things, but I can't stop myself from doing it because that sinful nature inside of me just keeps me going. Oh, I'll just see that person one more time. Oh, I'll just do this every now and again. And I know I shouldn't do it, but I find it very hard to put to death that aspect of my life or to put to death that relationship. Bonhoeffer stated in The Cost of Discipleship, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. It may be a death like that of the first disciples who had to leave home and work and follow him. Or it may be a death like Luther's who had to leave the monastery and go out into the world. But it's the same death every time, death in Jesus Christ. Now the interesting thing is, it's only when Christians bear the cross of death that they truly learn to live. Jesus says, whoever will save their life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man gain in return for his soul? Now Jesus isn't talking here about dying, actual death, physical death. He's talking about the death that has to happen in our lives, the death to our selfish selves, the death to our sinful natures. And that is what, those are the things that we have got to be as we follow Jesus and become his disciples that we should be dying to every day. C.S. Lewis wrote, the principle runs through life from top to bottom. Give up yourself and you will find your real self. Lose your life, you will save it. Submit to death, death of your ambitions and favorite wishes every day and the death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. That is the true cost of discipleship. And it's not easy. Discipleship is not easy. It's something that we have to practice and keep reminding ourselves every day that we are disciples of Jesus. And in being disciples of Jesus, we are called upon to put to death the things in our life that, that hinder our relationship with him. So as we walk with Jesus, we should be dying every day, dying to sin, renouncing our self-indulgent nature and all its desires, all the things that prevent us from following Jesus faithfully. And as we do this, we begin to live eternal life. We begin to walk in faith with Jesus. And eternal life is often regarded as a future experience, something that's going to happen when we die uh, in the future. But the Gospel of John puts the emphasis on eternal life 
as a present possession. We have eternal life now. In our faith in Jesus, the way we walk with Jesus, we've already begun the process of eternal life. So eternal life is not heaven. It's not our ultimate destination when we die. It's not that place that we think about, you know, far, far away. It's now. It's the way that we're living now. I remember when um, I was living in Brazil once, uh, they have lots of soaps in Brazil, I mean, many, many more than we have here. And there was a soap that was all about, um, well, half of it was in, in the world and half of it was in the world to come. And heaven there was portrayed as this dreamy place, you know, where everybody was walking around in white and, and you know, all calm and peaceful. But actually, we don't know really what heaven's like, but John, tells us that actually we begin to live eternal life here on earth and that in dying that's just the next step uh, uh, in eternal life as we move on. So it's not something to look forward to in the dim and distant future. Eternal life is a free gift of grace that all believers of Jesus have in their present possession now. Something they received the moment they trusted in Jesus as their saviour. It's not just, sorry, <laughs> losing my place here. This is eternal life, is that we know God and that we know Jesus Christ, whom God sent to be savior of mankind. Eternal life is knowing God personally. It's not just knowledge about God, but an intimate and eternal fellowship with him that be begins by grace through faith in Jesus our Lord. As disciples of Jesus, we begin eternal life here on earth. We begin in our fellowship with Jesus. We begin it through our faith in Jesus, through our discipleship in Jesus, walking with him. For us to enter the fullness of life eternal is to put to death and renounce our self-indulgent natures and all its desires, all the things that, pre that prevent us from following Jesus faithfully. As John said in chapter 17, verse three, eternal life is a life lived in fellowship with Jesus. So for Christians, death is not a termination of life, but it's another step in the eternal life. It's a transition from the, our physical selves here, the next step in the eternal life, where we leave behind our physical bodies, but we continue our journey of fellowship with Jesus, which we have begun here on earth. The Bible promises life through death, and it promises life on no other terms. There was a little boy and his father driving down the road on a spring day when a bee flew into the window. The boy began to panic because he was allergic to bee stings and it could prove to be fatal for him. So his father quickly reached out, grabbed the bee, squeezed it gently and then released it next to the boy again where it began buzzing. The boy began to panic because he thought it was going to sting him. But the father just stretched out his hand and showed the boy the stinger. He said, you don't need to be afraid anymore because I've taken the sting for you. And put very simply, that's what Jesus has done for us. He's taken the sting out of death. By dying on the cross and rising, raising again, he has given us hope and eternal life. And as Christians, we need not fear death, but instead look at death as a step in life eternal, which we've begun here on earth in our walk in faith with Jesus. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. And do check out our website, stjohnshoxton.org.uk, for more information.